0: After a successful back-to-back on Monday and Tuesday, we've got some positive things to talk about regarding the Nashville Predators. A touchdown unanswered, capped off two big wins in the Big Apple. Mark Howard will join me to give his thoughts on a potential turning point for these Nashville Predators. Plus, notes from around the league, updating Victor Arvidsson's status, and more on Episode 5 of the Smashcast. Ah! in-depth coverage of the nashville predators in a 104.5 the zone digital exclusive this is the smash cast with will bowling and mark howard it is a big week for the nashville predators hey but at this point they all are the way they played over the past couple of weeks welcome back in everybody this is the smash cast original 104.5 the zone coverage in conversation of your Nashville Predators, and as always, I'm your host, Will Bolick. We've got a loaded show for you today. Mark Howard, he will join the conversation in just a moment. We will take you around the league for news across the NHL, and uh, we'll also look ahead to what's coming next for these Nashville Predators as they look to make it three in a row tonight. As we talk to you uh, in the middle of the day on a Thursday against the Ottawa Senators. You can listen to this show wherever you get your podcasts. We remind you always that we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and also 1045thezone.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I want to make sure that we're getting this content to you as it happens. You hit subscribe, and uh, of course, it'll download directly to your smartphone, whether that's iPhone or Android, and you'll have it right there, uh, ready to listen at a moment's Notice Also, if you're listening uh, on the Wake Up Zone podcast feed or the Zone podcast feed, you can search for us as an individual show as well in order to hear all of the latest insider information from a guy who's covered the team since they've been here in Mark Howard. So joining me to break it all down, as always, Mark Howard, you've heard him on the Wake Up Zone here on 104.5 The Zone. And Mark, I'll be honest with you. I was prepared for a... Gloom and doom, another negative what is wrong with the Nashville Predators podcast. And, and maybe we'll get to some of those topics as well. But uh, after a good back-to-back, uh, we're sitting here thinking some positive thoughts about the Nashville Predators for the first time in a well, couple Well, I don't
1: weeks. know if it was a good back-to-back. <laughs> I actually thought it was mediocre good. Okay. Uh, I, thought they, I thought they won sort of in spite of themselves uh, Monday in New York. Uh, you know they got outshot, they got outchanced, they got outstated, they got outanalytic. Uh, but in the end, uh, you, you know, UC Soros played really well, and the penalty kill played well. But the you know the Rangers were all over them, uh, but the Predators were fortunate and they were opportunistic. Uh, they didn't have a lot of chances uh, Monday night, but they were able to convert them, and uh, they won the game five to two. And then they followed it up uh, the next night. With a shocking about face uh, at, uh, at the uh, Long Island Coliseum against uh, an Islanders team that had not lost at home in, in almost two months, uh, they get down three to one, and then all of a sudden, seven unanswered Predators goals, uh, and they win that game going away eight to three. So two and zero on a road trip uh, that could reach three and zero if they can beat Ottawa, a team that they should, but that doesn't mean they will. But uh, Uh, And to illustrate my point, you know, everybody thought that I was being too hard on the Predators. But after that Rangers game on Monday, Peter Laviolette blew the lines up big time uh, because he wasn't happy with the way they played either. Uh, Yakov uh, training Johansson and Yarncroak on the first line and then Forsberg, Duchesne and Grimaldi on the second line. Uh, Colin Blackwell, Kyle Turris, and Craig Smith on the third line, and then Sissons, Bonino, and Watson. And Craig Smith really responded uh, with two goals and an assist against the Islanders. And the thing about Smitty is he blows hot and cold. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe they get Craig Smith going, and if they do that, you know, they got a chance to run off some wins because it should give them some scoring balance. Uh, But, yeah, that's what they got out of those two games.
0: It seemed like, especially on Monday, that the Predators did to the Rangers what so many teams have done to the Predators over the past couple of weeks. And um, you're sitting here saying, okay, that Nashville has the shot opportunities. They have the chances. But it, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the issue has been the lack of those high danger chances right in front of the net and too many shots from the perimeter um, and, of course, scoring a, a touchdown unanswered against the Islanders is, is certainly a good way to, to kind of get that offense going a little bit. It seems like we've been looking for the turning point for so long and when things are going to finally click. Probably too early to tell if that was the other night, but uh, it's certainly nice to have uh, some more positive things to talk about.
1: No, you're right. And one of the things was quality scoring chances, and they had worked on that. Uh, Going into the Dallas game last Saturday, that was a big practice point. And they just lay just a a dinosaur egg uh, against the Stars, really going through the motions in the third period. So to me, uh, coming out of Saturday, they look like a team that, first of all, didn't show a lot of pushback, uh, a lot of long-term contracts, uh, and and they're playing like it. And again, Dante Fabro looking vulnerable on defense. A guy that, in the opinion of many, maybe should be better served uh, in in Milwaukee or by playing in Milwaukee. So to me, this team had a lot of issues, uh, and I thought this could be a defining road trip. Maybe not one way or the other, but at least this shows uh, that they're not they're not quite uh, you know going to go into the tank. I, they need to be a lot more consistent, uh, and you know the Ottawa game is one that. I could see the preds losing because that's just sort of who they are. But to me, Tuesday against the Islanders, uh and and you know they did it they did it Monday to a degree, but Tuesday they really got quality chances. It was it was quality over quantity. They didn't just pump a lot of shots uh at Thomas Grice and then uh Simeon Varlamov. Uh and I just thought they did a much better job top to bottom. And it was kind of odd the way the whole thing turned because the Preds were on the power play and the Islanders scored a shorthanded goal to make it three to one. And you just said, uh, here we go. But like 20 seconds later, the Predators scored a power play goal. And that really seemed to spark them. But again, you know, you're right. You, you look at those goals and it was almost from the hash marks and in that they got most of their chances. Uh, uh, Matthias Ekholm's goal was from, you know, just inside the blue line. But the, the common thread there was they got somebody to the net and it was Benino uh screening and you know they did they just did a really good job uh top to bottom of, of getting uh to the dark areas, which which is what this team has to do. Because Will, this is not a speed team. It might they might be more of a finesse team, but they're not a speed team. They're a team that's still gonna have to work. They're still a team that's gonna have to get inside. Yeah, they can can do some things in transition. Uh, but they were doing a lot better uh, Monday night and Tuesday night on the counterattack uh, and just spending more time in the offensive zone, which is something they haven't done a whole lot of this year. It's easy to go into the offensive zone and get a couple of shots off, and then uh, you know, uh, you know, things change and the other team uh, moves the puck out of there. But I thought that those were the things that, to me, that really stood out.
0: Well, you kind of led me, too, to the next point I was going to make, is that I don't know what this team really does well. It seems like for the first time in a while, this is a Predators team that does not have a single identity to kind of hang their hat on. Uh, It's been the goaltending. It's been uh, the defense for so long in this franchise. Uh, What can this team hang its hat on right now on a a tough road game or a, a tough divisional matchup? Because, I'm having a hard time finding a singular answer of just exactly what this team wants to do and what its identity is.
1: Well, I think its identity is they've got skilled forwards and they've got a lot of skill at the position. They're not the team they were a couple of years ago. They're not a team that that has the big four on defense anymore. They, they, they just don't. Uh, Yossi's having a great year, and I think Ellis is having a really good year together. That, that's a good first D pairing, but their second D pairing's been... Okay, you know maybe below that, and their third deep pairing at times has, has not been good at all, uh, which is why you've seen Matt Irwin uh, transition in and uh, and and Weber and you know uh, the not so great Santini uh, for you know for a few games. So you know that they've tried a lot of different things, and the goaltender fran- the goaltending frankly has been subpar. So this is not your typical Predators team. But maybe in the next ten or fifteen games their identity changes a little bit, the goaltending gets better, the defense solidifies, and the some of the underperforming forwards start, you know, doing what they usually do.
0: Is it fair to say at this point that Pecorine was, was propping up and making that defense look better than it really was over the past couple of years?
1: Uh I don't not necessarily. I mean okay. Pekka was terrific sure. and, and Saros was you know, to some degree, but, you know, I, they had a good decor. Okay. Uh, I, So I don't think he was necessarily propping them up.
0: Well, because that, that's the I, I think the they're point.
1: top four, even with Subban there. Yeah. And, and I said this, uh, you know, on my show uh, on Monday, and that is you, you don't want to hear this because he's not playing that well, but the Predators will be better right now with P.K. Subban sure. uh, on the team than, than off.
0: How aggressive, and I know this is this is a question all the time with David Poyle, <laughs> who's uh, more aggressive than most general managers in any sport. But uh, the amount of long term contracts you have on this team, the amount of guys that are locked in, um, it, you got to start winning now because that this window needs to continue to open instead of uh, closing like it kind of seemed to be over the past couple of months. Uh, how aggressive do you see David Poyle being uh, with this team, with this core? Uh, uh, specifically the, some of those forwards and uh, and a guy in, um, in Grantlin who continues to not really be the guy that Nashville expected when they uh, when they traded for him
1: uh, I actually think not very much sure uh, mm-hmm. and if you look at their history the last two years you know l- look at what happened. they went out and got boyle who was who was pretty good wayne simmons nothing grantlin nothing, and a lot of times in these trades. You gotta you gotta pay as I like to say airport prices, yeah. <laughs> and you and you don't get a lot of bang for your buck. And, and I think this time around, David is going to call guys up from Milwaukee before he makes a trade. And they've got you know a number of prospects down there. Uh, so I I don't see him making a big deal. If he makes a deal, it might be to bring in some grit, you know, to bring in a guy, you know, that might help them, you know, from a physical standpoint. Now, if they're out of the playoffs. I see David very aggressive. Mm -hmm. I see him trading Craig Smith. I I see see him trading Grantland uh, to try to get young players or draft picks to get something for these guys that he's probably going to let walk away.
0: How much do you think this team is missing uh, Victor Arvidsson right now? Uh, Not that much. Okay, Uh,
1: and and it's like I said, uh, and I told people if they're really missing, if Victor Arvidsson is the reason for their subpar play. Boy, is he underpaid?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so I, I think their problems are a lot deeper than just missing Arvidsson. They got enough depth to make up for him. I mean, he, he's a great player, and he'll be a shot in the arm. He's already skating. I think he's going to be back uh, within the next couple of weeks. But I, I, I would sort of minimize that uh, that premise.
0: Obviously, the uh, the matchup part one with the stars that did not go Nashville's way a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you could tell that team was kind of humbled after that loss a little bit. Kind of a uh, the, the the kick in the tail they need a little bit, uh, but it, they should certainly be motivated to play a Winter Classic, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, of course. And um, uh, we'll, we'll see that uh, that HBO series, The Road to the Winter Classic, will start up next week. Kind of get an insight into the locker room there as well. But, uh, but what exactly are um, I guess your expectations for for that event, and it's another opportunity, too, for, um, for not only the Predators, but the city of Nashville to kind of show its prowess as a sports city uh, kind of on a national stage like that.
1: Well, I think they've already done that, and, and this is a Dallas thing, and this is, you know, the Preds will participate, and there are going to be a lot of Preds fans uh, in the stands, but I want to see this event come to Nashville, frankly. Absolutely. And Gary Bettman keeps talking about it, but... Yeah, it'll be neat. It'll be fun because it's a standalone game, and you, you, you'll get coverage of the Predators inside and out uh in a way that you really haven't seen before. But just going back to that previous Dallas game, yeah. I have become, and maybe I'm too cynical, but I've become really kind of immune to all the talk after the game. We should have done this. We should have done that. Sure. Uh the, To me, they're, they're way past that. It, to me, I want to see actions and not words. Yeah, I know after a loss like that, you you say all the right things. But, you know, I want to see this team sort of be more consistent in terms of their work ethic. Uh, they're phenomenally talented. They should be better. I just want to see more grit. I want to see more pushback. I want to see, you know, better play on the back end, frankly, uh, from the goaltenders. But if you told me the Predators would totally do an about-face and make a deep run of the playoffs, I'd go, I could buy that. Sure. If you told me the Predators missed the playoffs and traded some of their free agents to be, I go, yeah, I could see that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's it's kind of a crossroads right now, and um, I guess the big picture question that I have, and I know so many Predators fans have, is um, at what point do you get to a tipping point with Peter Laviolette? Because I know we've discussed this in the past that there's not really another good option to step in right away if things really got bad. Uh, and handle things for the rest of the season on that current staff. I I tend to believe that at the earliest, if things went really poorly, uh, David Poyle will make a change at the end of this season. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I I don't see anything happening in season because, as you said, there's no obvious successor unless they want to call up Carl Taylor, who's doing a great job with Milwaukee. But I don't really see that happening. Uh, and And the truth of the matter is, hypothetically, if they let Peter go, then Kevin McCarthy's following him out the door. I mean, they are, yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah, they're a match set, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming and going. So I just don't see that happening. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of off the table right now. But, you know, David usually, you know, takes a while to make a decision like this. And I knew with Barry Trots, I mean, he had made a decision with about a week or two to go in the season, and Barry knew it, but sort of a different situation. But right now the season uh, – uh, is still up for grabs. Uh, they've got games in hand. They're not that far out of the uh, the second and uh, final uh, wild card spot. So you know they're definitely in it. But let's let's see how this team responds.
0: Certainly an important couple of weeks coming up. Predators, of course, uh, get Ottawa tonight, looking to make it three and zero on the road trip after uh, an unanswered touchdown. Well, I guess you could say a touchdown on a two point conversion uh, against the New York Islanders. Mark, we appreciate the time as always. Always fun, well. Let's go around the NHL on this Thursday, December the 19th. Top story on NHL.com today, it's those Colorado Avs, again. Nathan McKinnon scored his 21st goal the other night as the Avalanche handled the Chicago Blackhawks 4-1, making Colorado 9-1-1 in its last 11 games. Here's the sound of the week, courtesy of NBC Sports Network. Anton Lindholm gets support, run out by Miko Rantanen through center. Skate to stick, McKinnon, and he scores! What a bullet! Nathan McKinnon off the bar and in. 12-11 left in the second. Two to one, Colorado. And we talked about the speed of Nathan McKinnon. Somehow he gets in behind Duncan Keith and goes top shelf on Corey Crawford. It is honestly scary how good this Central Division is right now. I mean, you're talking about the defending Stanley Cup champions, maybe not even being the scariest team in the central because the avs are on fire, a little bit of an oxymoron um, the the Blues still lead the division with fifty points through thirty six games but tell you what, Winnipeg and Dallas have really righted the ship from slow starts themselves, kind of the opposite of uh the way Nashville has been this season um They're tied for third right now with 42 points, a little bit ahead of Nashville, uh, which kind of makes that Winter Classic game a little bit more interesting, a little bit more important uh, at this point of the year. Um, But the good news, as Mark said, is the Predators do have games in hand. Uh, Nobody has played less games in the Central Division than Nashville at 33 games. So that, of course, um, is a major plus. I'll tell you what, looking at the Western Conference even, uh, nobody has played less games than the Predators in the Western Conference this season uh, with 33 games played. I mean, You've got Edmonton sitting there with 37 games. Vegas has played 37 games. Uh, so maybe that's inflated the downturn, the negativity around the Nashville Predators right now is just the fact that uh, they partly haven't really been on the ice uh, near as much as many of the other teams uh, across the National Hockey League. So elsewhere in the Western Conference, the newest Arizona Coyote met the media yesterday after joining that first-place squad. Taylor Hall, coming over from the New Jersey Devils earlier this week. He's officially a Coyote, uh, and he officially made a pretty giant jump in the standings from lowly New Jersey. Second to last in the Eastern Conference uh, to the Arizona Coyotes, who lead the Pacific Division right now. Maybe the surprise of the league uh, in the NHL. Hall said to local media the other day. You know, it's not every day you can jump that many spots in the standings. Goes on to say that hopefully there's another level that Arizona can get to while uh, holding the top spot that they have in those standings right now, but uh he has got a uh, a pretty darn good core there. Uh he'll sit between former teammates Michael Grabner and Darcy Kemper uh in his new place in their locker room. And hopped on the ice for his first full practice the other day. In Arizona. Well, Hall's already made a big impact. He helped set up the game-winning goal for the Coyotes the other night in San Jose uh, to get a 3-2 win over the San Jose Sharks. So he's already made an impact once uh, and will certainly make the playoff race that much more interesting in the Western Conference. But, I mean, like we said at the beginning of, kind of this segment, the Central Division is far and away the best division, uh, certainly in the Western Conference. It's certainly stronger than... Uh, the Pacific right now. Um, of course, the Metropolitan in the East is is pretty darn good as well with Washington, New York, Carolina, Pittsburgh, all above 44 points in that top four. Uh, but I think things are going to certainly get bunched up in this Western Conference. There's a lot of teams that are in striking distance of wildcard spots, of divisional spots, uh, and it's certainly going to make things that much more interesting. So the New York Islanders that the Predators stomped the other night... It, That's a pretty good hockey team. I don't think I even realized this season just how good they've been because of the teams that are still ahead of them in the Eastern Conference. Uh, They're seven points back of first in the Eastern Conference. Um, But A, New York has played less games than anybody else in the NHL, at 32 games right now. Uh, And B, they're behind uh, the Capitals, who lead the NHL with 53 points. So certainly no shame in that. Uh, And Washington, I'll tell you what, they have been so good away from home, 15-3-1 away from the nation's capital. Uh, they did lose the other night, but they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and there's no signs of stopping for Washington, uh, but maybe signs of, of New York slowing down a little bit after that win uh, by the Predators the other night. Uh, Islanders now 6-4 and four, uh, in their last 10 games. So, of course, up next for the Nashville Predators, the Ottawa Senators tonight on a Thursday. It's a game the Predators should win, right? I mean, Ottawa third to the bottom in the Eastern Conference, only 31 points. They present an excellent opportunity for these Nashville Predators to continue gaining momentum and maybe get hot. But let the boys get hot here on a Thursday night. Make sure you find us on Twitter. I'm at Will underscore Bowling. That's B-O-L-I-N-G, the last name you go know. got way i told you without a w in that last name we'll be back to chat with you all once again next week here on the smashcast